All right, welcome back, Borderline Raptors. Big time guests for a big time episode this week. The one and only, the voice of the Raptors, Matt Devlin, joins for the entire show that we're going to have here. So Matt gives us a little rundown of his career, uh, some thoughts on the current state of the Raptors uh, and everything in between. Get some questions here from some of our listeners that, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to all of our listeners' uh, questions because we just ran out of time. Matt, uh, you know, Matt was very gracious and giving us an hour. Uh, but we could not get all the questions in that. But it was uh, it was enlightening, entertaining. Uh, we got him to participate in what drives you crazy segment. You'll like that one. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun uh, filled hour with Matt Devlin. We appreciate it. Uh, and just as a reminder for anyone out there, follow us on Twitter at BL Raptors at BL Raptors on Twitter and Borderline Raptors on Instagram. Uh, Matt will be tweeting it out, and uh, he will be. Uh, liking us all over the place on Instagram as well, too. So uh, here, without much further ado, a little lead-in to what you can expect. Money. And the ACC is alive. Defense! 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 Norman Powell, the rookie with the steal. We are tied. 92-92. Take it to the rim, Norman Powell. Lowry with them. Lowry, Van Vliet, Gasol, Siakam, and Ananobi. Point five to go in game three. OG with a look. Got it! OG Ananobi at the buzzer! OG! Oh my! The foul line. Two possession game. 114-110, Curry lets it fly, Canada, the NBA title is yours, the Toronto Raptors are the 2019 NBA champions. Catch, yellow, this is it, this is the show that we've talked about. I don't think we ever thought it was going to happen, and I know our guest certainly never thought it was going to happen, but I am thrilled to introduce or bring on to the pod first time, first of many, I'm sure the voice of the Raptors, Matt Devlin, Matty D welcome. Well, thank you, uh, kitchen Bart for having me on and, uh, really appreciate it. And, and I'm just glad that I, uh, glad that you guys finally asked me. <laughs> well, first things first, it's always Bart and kitch, not kitchen Bart, but that's fine. <laughs> You're new to the show. That's fine. Uh, so listen, Matt, here's what we're going to do. All right. I did a special segment for you. Uh, yeah. we are going to do a little introduction. We're going to get a little background on Maddie D. Okay. Then, uh, I want, you to know, we are going to have our first ever ask Maddie segment. Uh, mm. so we went out to some of our listeners and oh, they boy. came back with a bunch of questions for us. Uh, and then Kitch and I will mix in some questions that we have for you as well. So everybody in your households have questions. <laughs> yeah. The dog, the dog gave me a good one. Yeah, <laughs> close friends, close friends. Do. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, it's the beauty of this pod. We know every single listener. It's great. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, listen, now here's, what I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a little background. I did a little research on you yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're just going to sort of uh, acknowledge if I am accurate in my research. Okay. So you were a graduate of Boston college. Correct. Your first NBA uh, real gig was with NBA TV in 1999. That's pretty close. Yes. Okay. We'll go with pretty close. That's good. I filled in on ESPN international calling games off of tube off of a monitor 
a little bit prior to that, but ultimately, yes, NBA TV, uh, 1999, Ahmad Rashad, myself, and Carlos Diaz were the first on the air for NBA TV. Were you with Ahmad? Yeah. I did, I did not find that research. What was that like? That was a lot of fun. I mean, Ahmad's, you know, tremendous. You know, he, I mean, and, and at that time, it, it, as you well know, I mean, every big game he was on, you know, he was on. So uh, when that launched, you know, Ahmad was the first one for NBA. At that time, it was called NBA.com TV. And um, it's really ahead of the time because it was prior to the NFL network and Major League Baseball network. And um, But Ahmad was the first one on the air, and he threw it to Carlos and I that were up on the desk. And uh, that was really my first full entree into the NBA. Okay, but in addition to NBA TV, you have worked for multiple national and local uh, media outlets. I'm going to go with TSN Sports, and that's what, which we all know, NBA TV, which I just said. TNT, you've mm-hmm. done work with. Uh, Big Ten Network. Yes. MSG Network. Yes. Is it true you called the Yankee games on the MSG Network? Well, you know what? I On MSG Network, I worked on the uh, radio side for baseball. At that time, they owned the rights to, to the New York Yankees. And so I did pre- and post-game during the playoffs. And then uh, on Old Timers Day, I'd be up in the booth and Michael Kay and John Sterling would be down on the field doing interviews, which was a lot of fun. But that was uh, at the same time that I was working at NBA TV, I was doing Atlantic 10 basketball, WNBA, New York Liberty for MSG Network. And then, you know, I had literally multiple jobs at the same time. And really, Bart, up until about three seasons ago, I continued to work for, you you know, down the U.S., you know, doing college football games or baseball and and all of that. Um, And then you kind of get to the point where you spend, you know, so much of your life on the road. And, you know, as you both know, I have three sons, so I wanted to be around, you know, for them. So, Uh, okay, NBC. Yes, NBC. I did two Olympics, uh, turned down a third to actually do Rogers Cup uh, tennis, which was a blast. I loved it in 2012. Um, Now, prior to the coming of the Raptors in 2001, 2004 with the Grizz. The Memphis Grizzlies, when Vancouver moved, yes, I went to Memphis. And then um, Ed Tapscott is currently with the Washington Wizards, and uh, he – uh, and I uh, and a gentleman by the name of Chris Weiler uh, were all at Madison Square Garden together, uh, and they uh, went to Charlotte expansion team um, to run uh, the Charlotte Bobcats, who you know eventually became the Hornets again. And uh, they contacted me when I was in my final year in Memphis, and it was hard to leave Memphis because of Hubie Brown and Jerry West, and. Um, but as both of you know, I have an older son who has special needs and, and, um, the, you know, bigger city, a little bit more, you know, that would be beneficial to, to, to our older son in, in Charlotte. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, went to Charlotte and, and that was a lot of fun because, uh, you know, met some great people, hard to leave Memphis, you know, where two of my sons were born, but just met some great people and still friends, uh, with them, you know, to this day. Now, now is your son still the assistant coach for the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes? Well, you know what? He's, you know, in COVID time. So Jack, my oldest son, uh, is a part of an unbelievable program at the University of Iowa called Reach. 
and it's for um, students that have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And um, he's passionate about sports. I mean, I think that's why my two younger guys are so into sports. And um, but he has worked as a student manager uh, with the Hawkeyes because of COVID. Um, he cannot be, you know, there's restrictions, and and so he's. Um, not with the team this year because of that. However, he is working in facilities at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, so he's, you know, really enjoying that. It's a two-year program with, you know, third and fourth years are optional. Um, but he wanted to go back. He loves, uh, you know, Fran McCaffrey and that team have been just tremendous to him. I mean, there, there have been nights in the past where, you know, you get a call from him or I call him or FaceTime him and like, where are you at? Well, I'm hanging out with the guys at, you know, watching another basketball game, you know. Uh, so that's, you know, that's been really great for his own personal growth. Oh, and they had him sitting right behind the bench or almost. Well, yeah, bench. for sure. I mean, he was, you know, fully, you know, integrated into, you know, being a student manager and what they do. And, you know, as you know, I think anybody on the basketball side from a student manager standpoint, uh, look, Lawrence Frank, who's the president of the Los Angeles Clippers, was a student manager to Bobby Knight, right? I mean, you kind of get an exposure to a lot of different things. For Jack, it's, you know, different, obviously, and the expectations as well as, you know, the career uh, potential for him. But, it, you know, he's, you know, they treat him so well and, you know, he's there at practices, you know, in non-COVID times. And, and hopefully that will return, you know, next season, but we'll see. No, that's awesome. Um, all right, listen, yes or no question. And you should know this is, this should be pretty easy. Lead voice of the Raptors since 2008. Yes. Fast forward ahead. 2019 won the prestigious Canadian sports media broadcaster of the year award. Yes. Also the same year you became a Canadian citizen. Yes. Which I did not know. Really? You didn't know that on one of our road trips, he couldn't come out for dinner because he was studying for his, his exam. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was studying on the road. I got 19 out of 20, Bart. <laughs> My wife got 20 out of 20. It's not exactly why I remember Matt couldn't make it out some days, but okay, that's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah, you know, sometimes I have to work, unlike you guys. Like you think that you know, being out on the road is, oh, it's uh, kitchen Bart time. Or sorry, it's Barton Kitch time. That's better. <laughs> You're catching on. I knew it. <laughs> Matty was giving me the questions. And he, I, I think I got 10 out of 20 on the questions he asked me as a Canadian citizen. So, yeah, he, he knows probably more about Canada than I do at the current time. So, uh, did you renounce U.S. or you're just now no. your dual citizenship? Dual. Yeah, dual. you're allowed to have dual. So, that process started, you know, back in 2008. I was fortunate enough. There's a gentleman by the name of Carl Shear, who was a longtime legendary figure in the ABA and the NBA, actually traded for. Alex English when oh. he was, yeah, he was, um, and, and so he was then the GM of the Denver Nuggets. He eventually made his way, uh, to Charlotte and I would have lunch with him once a week when I lived in Charlotte, because, um, as much as I like to talk, I love to listen. And he was with the Carolina Cougars. And the Carolina Cougars, their head coach was Larry Brown. And I think Dick Stockton called some games for them back in the day. I mean, there's just some great ABA stories, right? And, and um, he, we were having lunch. I'll never forget. It was a Wednesday. And he said, hey, Toronto came open. Would you be 
would you be interested? And I said, I would be. I said, love the city. We actually have relatives. As you guys know, we have relatives up here. Uh, my wife's originally from Chicago and there's just a great feel to the city and, and also with my older son. And they were like, yeah, you know, like this, this would, you know, be a really great spot. So anyway, long story short, within 48 hours, I had talked to then um, Chris Hebb, who was running the, that division. And then uh, Brian Colangelo, Maurizio Garadini, Tom Anselmi, who's now with the Edmonton Oilers. And um, I, that Sunday I, I flew up, met with Jason Capono because I knew Jason from Charlotte. We <laughs> went out, had dinner, uh, you know, kind of went through, you know, just kind of what he was thinking about. And he loved Toronto. And and then that Monday was driven around the city. And, you know, it's the third largest market in North America. I mean, I love it. And uh, my my wife was all on board. The kids, you know, were eight, six and four at the time. And, um, you know, thought, hey, this would be a great life adventure for them and and for us. And so, you know, we made the move and it was it wasn't easy because that summer I was also over in Beijing for the Olympics. And so literally when I got back from Beijing, you know, we loaded up the car and felt like the Griswolds <laughs> and drove, you know, drove to Canada Um but it, it was, uh, you know, it was, you know, for us, it, it was a no brainer. I mean, to, to do 82 games that are nationally broadcast and in the U S I think a lot of people don't realize that after the first round, you're no longer allowed to, if you're a team broadcaster to broadcast second and third, or even the NBA finals. And so that was a really intriguing part. I'll never forget talking to Chris Hebb about that. And and not knowing, of course, that in 2019, you'd have that opportunity, which, you know, up to this point has been, you know, one of the greatest moments that I've ever had as a, as a broadcaster. And so, you know, kind of all those things kind of came together and, and we were like, yeah, let's do this and took the test uh, during uh, the the Milwaukee series yep, and then right. ultimately sworn in between game one and game two of the NBA finals with 104 other new Canadians, which was, you know, very, I mean, emotional from the standpoint of you, you, you know, being in that room. I think there were 28 different countries represented. Now you're all new Canadians. I mean, it's just really cool moment. One that I'll never forget. Okay, so let me uh, try and capture that in a question from one of our listeners, Jay from London. He wants to know, what was your first impression of NBA basketball in Toronto when you got to the city? Well, interestingly enough, I had just done a game in uh, 2008. I had just announced a game for Turner here. And you may recall uh, the Raptors are in the first round against Orlando. And so I was on that series for Turner. And so even when the Raptors had asked me like, Hey, you know, we want to pass around a tape of you. And of course, I think at that time it was like a DVD. Uh, I actually just got a game tape of, you know, the game that I had just called from Toronto. Right. I felt it then I believe now it, the fan base here is the best fan base in the NBA. You go, oh, well, you're just saying that. Well, no. I, I mean, look at how many different storylines has there been throughout, you know, the time that I've been here. Fans traveling, 
right? Being on the road with the team, it's a collegiate atmosphere that follows this team and they're extremely passionate. And then it's countrywide, right? It's Jay from London, it's Halifax, it's, you know, Vancouver, it's, you know, Whitehorse, it's everywhere in between where fans, because the games are national, uh, I cannot tell you how many times we go out on the West Coast and you, you know, meet fans from Western Canada or, you know, you're on the East Coast and you meet fans from the Maritimes. And that to me is what makes it really special. So and then you want you want that to get stamped. You want that to be verified. Just go back to 2016 and, and listen to what LeBron James said. Yep, that's right. That's yep. right. So now you you get here. Those first four years are not great. Right. You got a 20, you got a 22 and 60 season in there. Yeah. So you got to deal with that. Uh, and I'm curious how you deal with a season like that, but then you move it all the way to the 2019 where you're now at 59 and 23, you've got this deep playoff run, uh, it culminates in the championship. Like what's your approach, uh, in those sort of environments, the different, the difference between those two environments? Yeah. Well, they're, they're completely different. The game dictates where you go. Okay. But you always prepare, you know, that you have Jack and Leo who are great at what they do. And when a team isn't as good, you understand the storylines as to why, right? Is it that, you know, they're rebuilding or they're young? And then you try to gather as much information as you can to tell some great stories and to have some fun on the broadcast. And at that time, as you guys know, you know, there were, you know, quite a few nights of Jack and I, you know, singing Bon Jovi and having some fun and making fun of yourself and, but trying to keep people tuned in and interested. And then as a team gets better, you know, you're, you're riding that wave and understanding that the game, it's about the game, right. And it's about what's happening between the lines and, you know, the game can come back to you even if it gets away. And so, you know, 20 point lead, I tell all these hockey, you know, all my hockey buddies that I talked to, I said a 20 point lead in the NBA is like a two goal lead in hockey, right. It, it, you know, because of the number of threes that are taken, it comes back to you in a hurry. So you have to be cognizant of that and you have to be aware of, you know, uh, of the game situation and all those things. So preparation is the key and having the contacts, you know, around the NBA to get a general sense and feel as to what's happening in the NBA and scouts and coaches. And you talk to a lot of different people, you keep all these stats and all these notes and some nights you use it, some nights you use all of it. Some nights you don't use any of it because the game, you know, dictates again, which, which direction you go. And, um, and, and, and what I love about what I do, there's a finale, a finality to it every single night, right? There's a winner or a loser. Um, and, and then, you know, it's also, it's unpredictable. We do not know, right? We do not know what's going to happen. And so to me, you know, you think that, you know, right. So when Kitch is going in there trying to lay down a pro line or whatever, and you know he thinks he knows what's going to happen, but 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 anyway, you know, what, he's not he's not right very often. What he thinks <laughs> and what happens are two very different things. But but you you just never know, and that's what I love about sports. It is, you know, the unknown. It's the unpredictable, and you know what are these moments that will happen in Game Seven against Philadelphia and Game Three against Milwaukee and you know, game six at Golden State and Kyle going off. I mean, that's just what's so cool about the game. But um, here's the thing that is, you know, there's so much spontaneity 
in what we do. Like we do not plan out anything that happens on the air. Like we, we also don't rehearse. Right. And, and that's something that's very common in television. We do that on purpose because we want there to be spontaneity. We want it to be organic and authentic, and we don't want to feel like, oh, we're just coming up with this, you know, thing. And then, you know, you come on the air and it seems very robotic and rigid. It's what makes, you know, inside the NBA on Turner so good, right, is that it's not rehearsed and that you just allow these personalities to flourish and you have this great support group around you. So, so Leo f- falling off his chair and lying flat out, that was not rehearsed this year. That was not, no, that was not rehearsed. <laughs> the response was not rehearsed. Exactly. And I'll say this, we're, you know, we're calling games off of a TV monitor and they have a great setup for us, but you know, that's extremely different, right? You're not there. You know, there's nuances to the game that you miss. And, and fortunately we have this, you know, a headset and a really long cord because we have to get up and then walk over to this one position. Um, and and do our stand-ups there, our pre-post-game, you know, stand-ups. The the unfortunate thing that happens because you know the cord connected to your headset, it's so long, it'll get wrapped around your chair or what have you. And <laughs> that happened to me the other day on an Aaron Baines play. You know, like the oh, we saw it. It was it was awesome. Here's Thomas cut off. Thomas once again. Baines, ooh, doesn't want to touch it. And Embiid scoops it up, and now bat it away, and it works out. Baines with a slam dunk. <laughs> Just the way you draw it up. Manny. I lost my microphone, but I got it back. Manny Just like equipment. Baines. That's how you do it, Aaron Baines. <laughs> like I move in my, unbeknownst to me, you know, for three quarters, you know, my headset with all these cables that, you know, you have, right, was wrapped around and the thing comes down. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Well, to be fair, that moment would have caught anybody off guard. Yeah. Straight up, <laughs> up and down shot. Yeah. Straight up shot. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, that was a question from a bunch of people. Angst had that one uh, from KW. Just the, the difficulties of, you know, not being there. Look. We all have to be flexible and adaptable. That's what this has shown us, right? What do you lose out on? Well, you lose out on your connectivity to the team because there are so many things that you get when you're following a team and you're there and you're talking to not only your coaches, but the opponent's coaches, your players, you know, the other team's players. And, you know, you're getting a ton of information that is really valuable for how you construct the broadcast and the game and what you share and what have you. And then also, you know, the, when you're there, you know, you see the whole floor. And so like when I'm calling a game, if this is a television monitor in front of me, I'm constantly looking up and back like this, right? Making sure, okay, what are they seeing on the screen? What am I seeing? Interestingly enough, in basketball, in 90% of the arenas, you're calling the game opposite what's called opposite camera side, because the camera would be across from you, which means that you're seeing somebody's left shoulder at home, and I'm actually seeing their right shoulder. And so there's a little bit of, you know, you have to learn that. Well, now, of course, that's taken away because, you know, we're just seeing what you're seeing at home. And so, and, 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 
and I have missed plays because, you know, you look at a yeah, it'd be tough. You know, stat. Yeah. You look at a stat monitor and then you look back and, you know, boom, you know, you're cut to something else. So, you know, there's definitely nuances, you know, but I think because of the relationship that Jack Leo and I have um, and we have with the crew that we're hoping that most people don't realize that we're not there, although we'll tell people that we are there because, you know, you want to be, you know, genuine in that. Um, and, and, and you hope that, you know, that the relationships are strong enough with all of us, which I believe they are, that, you know, like you compensate for that. Right. And, and I think that most fans probably would know that we're not there. No, it, you know what, to be fair, we get it a little bit from you, I think, because we're a little bit closer to it. Uh, you guys drop the occasional hint that perhaps uh, everyone is reminded that you're not there, which I get. But I, I it's pretty, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. I agree, but it, it is still relatively smooth. But I can, you can definitely tell there are times when uh, you know a ref does something that you didn't get to yeah. see, and you now suddenly you're, you're kind of guessing like us, like what happened. Correct. I mean, look at we do have another monitor that is there that when they were in the bubble, it would be like with. In football, they call it the all 22. You can see all 22 players in the box. It's like a coach's view. In the bubble, they had like an all 10 where you could see all 10 players. It was just fixed right right up on top of the court and you could see all the players. That, as I learned, you know, how to call the games and, you know, where I was looking and, you know, that became really important because every arena is in charge of their own type of broadcast situation right now. We don't get the all 10 in every arena, you know, you get some of it, some of it not. And, and so, you know, there are some nights that are a little bit more of a struggle than others, but you find your way through it and you manage your way through it as best you can. All right. Now, listen, we are tight on time here cause you got to go. So I've got five questions that you, so we're going to be, we're going to be quick on these five. Um, but one that, was um that came up a number of times uh the relationship with jack right it certainly uh i would say everyone that that knows you guys there's a chemistry between the two of you that is uh so i guess the question is you know how did you guys uh build that chemistry the way that you have that translates so well uh to anyone i mean i think I've heard it from people who aren't familiar with the Raptors who've heard, listened to you guys um, and they go, Oh yeah, those guys are, you know, they're bang on it. It's a, it's a good vibe between the two of them. Like what's it, what's it been like working with Jack for this long and, and how has that chemistry been built? Well, look at, you know, number one and you know, we've known each other, you know, for a long time before we worked uh, with the Toronto Raptors uh, together, we worked WNBA, New York Liberty. We worked college basketball games for MSG and, and, and then, you know, there's a genuine like, I mean, it's the same thing with Leo. I mean, we've known each other. I, I know, you know, Jack's family and, uh, you know, each other on and off the court and on and off the air and you travel and, and you, you know, each other's tendencies, personality and all that. And, you know, I have a sense and a feel as to what, you know, the fans want to hear and what have you. And so I'll set Jack up a certain way and, you know, he knows how to hit it out of the ballpark. And, and, you know, those are just things that happen over time. And then there's just a genuine piece to that. And, and, and I'll say this, I mean, and you guys know this cause you know us uh, that, uh, you know, I remember it was, we were out after our first preseason game after the championship run and it was after a game and, and, you know, nobody had seen anybody for a while. And it, it was like, Hey, let's all get together, you know, and it was, you know, pretty much, you know, the whole TSN crew, we were there and, 
um, you know, some, you know, we were laughing, joking, having a good time. And, and, uh, some fans came over just to introduce themselves and say hi. And, and then they also said, well, you know, uh, you know, you guys come across on the air, like you guys all like each other. It's great to see that that's the case. And we're like, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, I don't know that you can, I don't know. I don't know if you can fake that sort of stuff. Right. And, and so, um, you know, again, very much like what I talked about before, there's so many technical aspects to a broadcast that people, you know, don't think about, but yet, you know, now it's, we've worked together for so many games, so many times, you kind of know what each other likes. There's a a feel to it. And then you you let the game, you know, dictate, you know, where it's going to go. And, and, you know, you know, that Jack's going to get in, a, you know, uh, certain things and he's going to say certain, you know, and he's going to go certain ways. And Jack said, you know, would know that with me. And so you're just playing off of each other. Try to be there to support each other in that, you know, capacity. Right. And then, you know, again, it's, you know, does a game get away from it? Do you bring the game back? I mean, and, and then there's that whole entertainment piece to it as well. And so there's that, you know, it's just, it's, you know, natural really at this stage, you know, it doesn't have to be thought about, you know, which is cool. Kitch jump in. Yeah. You got a question. Second half of the season. Yeah. So the, I mean, Kitch, I, I'm going to say this. Do you let Bart typically just talk? Oh, yeah. Time he, yeah. He talked, you talk, you talk to everybody. Everybody said he talks too much. Everybody, you know, you can only have one. I mean, show. like Kitch, I'm glad that you showed up 40 minutes in. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Are you a Tampa Bay Bucks fan now? I, look, look at that—the greatest of all right there, the greatest of all time, right there. Tom Brady. Right you the guys back. both know the podcast. No one can see anything. Right? <laughs> this, is, this is not TV. Oh, oh they don't—they don't. They, don't, they, don't show, oh, they I, I didn't know if I, you guys put the a video out as well. No, 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 no. You're not there yet. Well, that'll be your ninth. When you come out in the, sh- the ninth time, we'll have that shit. Going okay. on. Yeah. Don't you? Be- all right. Well then no, no, no reason to show that picture then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't have, what's to. the store for the second half of the season. Can we make a run with this team? Do we need to trade Lowry? What's, what's the risk of another boss type situation where we are kind of blowing up and well, here, here's the thing I'll say, I, you, you know, a couple of different things, you know, number one, um, the NBA and the idea of these years of being in rebuild, everybody, oh, we need to do that. And then all of a sudden you get into the third or fourth year of that. And all of a sudden fans go sideways with it. They do look at Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento has been in a long time. Look at Chicago. Chicago is starting now to emerge from that credit Billy Donovan, but it's been a long time. How many lottery picks you know, do you need in order to get out of there? And then the combination of both. And then, you know, I think about, look at the New York Knicks with Julius Randle. I mean, he's a really good player. He was taken at 19 Lakers, you know, Pelicans. Now all of a sudden here he is in his sixth, seventh year and he's really playing well. I mean, it takes time when you're in those lotteries and you're, you're, you have a 19 year old, right. That you're drafting and just learning and growing. And, and so, you know, Masai's always had that belief in Bobby, you're one player away. And so I think you always keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but then you also think, okay, you know, this team does have a, you know, it's Rudy Tomjanovic has never underestimated the heart of a champion and the Raptors have that, but do they have the depth that they've had in years past? No, they don't. Right. Um, and I think everybody's, you know, they're aware of that, but when you look at, um, 
their rotations right now. Do they have playoff rotations? For sure. You know, the question is, can you continue to play playoff type rotations in the regular season? You hope not, right? You want to extend it, but you can get to seven. And and ultimately, that decision is going to come up on March 25th, you know, about Kyle. And I would imagine that's a Kyle, Masai, Bobby, you know, conversation about, you know, what direction he wants to go. And he's the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, you know, let's see what happens, right? Um, I, I don't have the answer to it. I will say this, that um, Raptors are going to make more than likely make the playoffs this year. All right. They're going to find a way to make it. And then you also are in a position where, hey, you you do want to bring in, you know, some players that, um, you know, have potential. Right. And, and you know, can mix with Fred and and Pascal and OG and, and that internal growth that we've seen Norman Powell. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't have the answer because you can go. We can sit here and debate which direction you can go. Um, All right, but let me ask you that. So it, with that in mind, here's a question from actually it's timely uh, Ellery in Calgary asked the question. So assuming we keep the team intact with what we've got now, who's the big you'd like to see us try and go and get if we, if well, you know, look at, yeah, you know, look, I think everybody's looking at bigs and, you know, and, and, and it's understandable. I think that, you know, maybe if you're the Raptors, you can get a big on the buyout market here for this season. I think that there's a couple of things to their benefit that they're in Tampa. And one is, you know, weather, and then two is no state income tax. Um, so, you know, those are things that maybe, you know, help the Raptors get somebody on, on the buyout. Um, and, and then, you know, bigs are played so differently today, right? I mean, you know, think about Chris Boucher and he's playing more at the four than he is at the five alongside Aaron Baines and off of the bench that really works. And so, you know, you know, who do you bring in as a 6'10", 6'11", 7-footer? I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see how all that goes, you know. Um, I, I don't have the answer to, oh, I, you know, this is a big that, you know, you definitely need to get. I mean, you look around the league and, you you know, there's not many, as we know, you know, Serge Ibaka's or Mark Sauls and the players that they've had, you know, in the past. There's not a ton of those guys around. And, and so, um, you know, you – you kind of see what the summertime brings as far as currently, you know, I could see them potentially trying to convince somebody to come in during the buyout. And if you, if you feel that at the five, then that slides as, as you know, potentially, potentially uh, Norm, you know, and, you know, Chris would be off of the bench and then you have Bembry and that gets you to eight. And then, you know, Terrence and Stanley and, you know, a host of others, depending upon the situation, you know, bring you to nine ten. So, um, you know, we'll see. All right, listen, we're going to get you out of here. Three quick questions. You're going to answer quickly because these are easy questions. Scariest team in the East, who wins the West and favorite wine? I would say, you know, Brooklyn's the scariest team in the East and the West, you know, I, I, I mean, Utah's playing so well, but you know, come playoff time if again if they're healthy i mean the lakers lebron anthony davis right um and then i'll throw out a shout out to a good friend of yours the robinson family um and um uh you yeah. know and why not you know it's, it's 
uh, you know, it's really good and uh, it's it's perfect for every occasion. So that's Robinson Family Vineyards in the Napa region, which uh, we we partaked, we partook. Yeah, twelve, twelve. That was our last. That was our last big outing. Twelve. That's almost. That's almost twelve months ago. To, to yeah. within three or four days yeah. here was yeah. our last. Yeah, big we had. Day. You know what? It was. Um, you know, I had never done a Napa tour before. You guys had talked about it, and we got the crew together and had just a, a lovely day being together, and um, you know, met some good met some good folks, and um, and uh, you know, and then you know, what's amazing about that timeline, you know, that was almost March sixth. And then, you know, you head to Sacramento and then from Sacramento, you head to uh, Utah, March 9th. And then we red eyed back. RG. You know, yeah, we red eyed back. And, and then, you know, it was March 11th. I was hosting Nick Nurse's foundation dinner, which was great evening. The Arkells were there. We had a lot of fun. And, and then it was like 1030 something, 1040 ish news came out about Rudy Gobert and, you know, and obviously the next day, as we all know, uh, you know, the league suspended play and here we are back playing and, you know, for the Raptors, when you start two and eight, you know, and I, I know both of you were ready to, to, you know, trade everybody and the bandwagon, <laughs> as Jack up. Armstrong said, you know, look at jump back on the bandwagon the, he other, did night. the other night. He did. I think specifically that was talking about both of you. <laughs> Get that garbage out of here. I'm back, baby. I am totally back. Yes, you are. But, but I, you know, and, and, and I've said this often on the broadcast and said it to, you know, there are no excuse organization. They really are. Yeah. And, but let's, be realistic here. You know, a week before a shortened training camp, you don't know where you're going to play. And all of a sudden you're in Tampa and now, you know, you're trying to find accommodations. You're trying to figure out exactly what to do, where to go, where to live. You know, the whole world is happening. And then all of a sudden, boom, here, here are some basketball games that are, you know, coming your way. So I do think that there's some of that. And that to me is part of why there's that two and eight piece. And then you know, Nick Nurse is that good and his staff figuring things out and, okay, here are the combinations we can use. And, 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 you know, some players, you know, have, you know, there hasn't been as much progression as we'd all like, but yet, you know, you, you're taking away surge and mark defensively on the back end that affects players out on the perimeter. And then offensively, um, you know, they're a great safety valve to find them in the pick and pop game and all sorts of pick and roll game. And so it's just taking some time. And um, but it's it's a lot of fun to be calling games. It's a lot of fun to see the Raptors playing right now. And Fred and Norm and Kyle and Pascal and OG and Chris Boucher uh, and Bembry's come on strong. It's been fun. All right, listen, last thing, 30 seconds. We have a segment, What Drives You Crazy. I'm going to show you how it goes. So here's my What Drives You Crazy. When I'm in Hilton Head, I have League Pass. And you know what drives me crazy, Matt? Is that I cannot get the TSN or Sportsnet feed on League Pass. Every other one, they give you the home and away. It's the only team, the Raptors, that you do not get the home and away. So I do not get to listen to you and Jack when I'm uh, in the comfort of my um, abode in Hilton Head. So that's what drives me crazy. Okay. Uh, well, can I respond to that? You sure can. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, here you are sitting in Bermuda. And oh, by the way, when, <laughs> I go place- to Hilton, when I go to Hilton Head, I, <laughs> I, I am so bothered by uh, the fact that I cannot uh, get the uh, – I mean, like, really? 
<laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That's right. when I, well, but however, when I'm in Bermuda, uh, you know, yeah, I have to use the TSN app. <laughs> Can't even get you on the TV. Don't, go, don't forget about the summer cottage. The summer cottage too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, in my summer cottage also. <clears throat> so is that in turn what drives you crazy? My my lifestyle is what drives you crazy. How about kitsch? Yeah, exactly. Kitsch. How about how about you? What drives you nuts? Drives me crazy drives me crazy is my kids this this week's <laughs> drive me crazy. My kids drive my son drives my daughter back to McGill, drives the last week, and uh takes the car for three days. Comes back, I have like a dead animal smell in my car. I I get in my every time I get in my car, my eyes tear up because there is some smell in there that he says no idea what happened, has no clue why the car came back after three days and reeks like a dead animal. Dead animal. So now I've already had a car cleaning; it hasn't gone away. I've got to I've got to do an ultra car cleaning now. So it's going to cost me six hundred bucks to clean my car. What? So my, <laughs> I, but why aren't you dealing with that as a parent? What do you mean he doesn't know what happened? Well, what happened to the car? What's the smell? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, you had the car. What well, didn't smell when I had it? Are, are you shielding him from the law? What's is that <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that smell. It's a dead animal smell. It's all right. awful. Okay. It's all right. awful. All right, Matty Quick, do you have one for us? You give us. You know what? Head. There's, there's, there's really, you know, um, there's really nothing that, you know, gets me like that. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, well, I think I think outside, outside of what, somebody that sends me just a ton of WhatsApp messages all the time, constantly. Other than that, in the middle of a game, <laughs> the best part is is and no names here. Okay, no, no names. names. No, I'm not no names. All right, not. of course not. You're professional. It's, You're a, professional. it's a four person. It's a four person WhatsApp. It yeah. group chat, and two of them happen to be on the air. And the other two aren't in the two that aren't on the air are having a conversation, right? While the other two are on the air. And so you look down at your phone, like what is going on? Right. And then you get to a commercial break and you look and you go, Oh, really? Really? And then you got to give the proverbial, you know, thumbs up. Like, hey, yeah, uh, hey, no, yeah. you, I think you're, you should respond. Who is this? Don't you? Who is this? <laughs> I don't like emojis. Don't ever emoji me. Uh, well, see, there you go. You jumped in. That, I think that's it. That makes you part I think, of the I think phone costs. I think I think a phone cost last year kind of drove, drove me crazy for a bit. Yeah, know? well, yeah, for, for sure. Well, that, that you know, <laughs> you know, rates can get a little bit out of sorts, you know. But no, I'm pretty. When it comes to all that stuff, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty easy, you know. Look at I'm, and 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 in all seriousness, as all of us know, during everything that's happened, you know, in the last year, I'm just happy that, you know, people are healthy or hope that they're healthy and safe, and you know, hopefully, you know, um, you know, we can emerge, you know, from this and and be back you know, with you guys back in the arenas and traveling around and, you know, with, you know, with fans back in the arenas and, um, you know, and, and hopefully we can get there, you know, sooner rather than later. I'm sure well, your wife, Manny. I'm sure your wife's hoping for that too, actually. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> been actually, you know, I mean, look at, I, I have not been on a plane since March the 9th. I mean, coming up on a year. I, that I, crazy. I, yeah. I can't remember. You know, for somebody like myself that spends over half of the year on the road, it's it's uh, you know it's definitely different. You know, and then yeah, you try to take advantage of home time, right? And and uh, you know that's what um, 
you know, it's cause it's rare. Um, and so, you know, that's what, you know, I've been trying to do. Well, I mean, based Bart, on Bart doesn't get that. Cause he's been on 15 planes since you haven't been on a plane, but so <laughs> yeah. the rest of us get well, that. Way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, when it gets a little bit too cold in Bermuda, you got to fly the Hilton head. <laughs> <laughs> I think you two are done. So that's good. It's a good time to wrap it up. Uh, Maddie, listen, thank you. It's awesome. Uh, We'll do it again. Bart, you're the man. You're you're the man. Hey, both of you guys always enjoy seeing you guys. We laugh and kid and have a good time. And um, you guys are two passionate Raptor fans and, um, you know, you love it. I mean, you just love it. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see you guys back in, you know, an arena soon and, um, you know, as Chris Myers, you know, used to say back in the day, we kid because we care. Yes. And you know what? Can I just say it is nice to have one of our media peers on the, on the show. So this is nice. This is nice for Kitchen I to have a peer on here. Whatever you need. Are, are we at 10,000 downloads yet? Uh, we're working on it. I, uh, we're, at a, we're at a derivative of. Right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, okay. Listen, Matt, you don't know this because you never listen to the pod, but you close the show every day with your quiet call. So you know what? You can sit, Matt, do this. You can say, Maddie, take it away. because That's how we end it. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I would prefer to hear you, Bart and Kitsch, go with that. Because because I've never listened to the pod before, and I probably won't listen to this edition. So, <laughs> so I want to hear what you guys have to say. Well, you know what? That makes six billion of you who aren't going to listen to this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to listen to the pod. You know I will. <laughs> All right. Maddie, take it away. Take it away. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win!